0: Hello, and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly-on-the-wall-style podcast about WordPress, business, and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plug-in author and works for Delicious Brains, and Jack runs Better Notifications for WP and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. This episode is sponsored by FastSpring, the full-service e-commerce solution that enables software companies to sell more, stay lean, and compete big
1: find out more on fastspring.com. Hi and welcome to another episode of Pressing Matters. Uh as always you're with me Ian and Jack. Uh Jack how's it going? Yeah, all right, thanks. Yeah. Um had a
0: pretty it, I've had a really busy week, but not not in the sense that I've been doing loads of work. I've been just firefighting everything else like admin stuff at home and everything. I had to buy four new tyres for my car. Went there this Oof. morning to uh have them fitted and uh, turns out I bought the wrong ones and which was a real pain because it took me ages to find what I thought was the right ones <laughs> so oh. um, and uh, yeah and it turns out there is a very not a very specific one but there is a there is one that is particularly good for electric cars um, I can't remember if I've mentioned it on the podcast but I bought a 2015 Nissan Leaf back in January uh, which has been absolutely amazing I mean it just it's been such a game changer for us and it's been so much fun, but yeah, they take um, because of like it's a very high torque kind of vehicle. You need specific um, tires that have been designed for that kind of amount of power that can be put into um, the the wheels, I guess. So, um, so yeah. But w- w- the good thing is, is that uh, it should get extra mileage out of it, and you know, it should be a nicer ride and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's just a real pain, and. Mm. Um, just whole host of things and on the back of that we've been trying to upgrade the electrics to our garage which involves going across our neighbor's property and then I need someone to dig a trench and then I need an electrician to come and then I need a separate electrician to put in the charger trying to get all these things to kind of work but also kind of ensure set, uh, like you know uh, social distancing is taking place it's a real pain the whole thing it just feels like I'm on endlessly on the phone to all kinds of different people at the moment for stuff that has nothing to do with work or the things that I want to be doing mm. um, so yeah I've just I feel a bit worn out this week I think a bottle of wine is going to get open and drunk this evening <laughs> so oh, yeah it is actually Friday isn't it it is Friday yeah thank goodness oh. so um, so yeah but uh, otherwise um, oh, on the flip side good thing last Friday I went out and bought an Apple watch um, mm. Which is cool. I've always wanted one. I say I've always wanted one. I wanted one since the Series 3 came out. And I finally jumped in because they released the Series 6 a couple of days before that. Um And it's great. I've got to go and swap the band over with a different one. But otherwise, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And it's certainly getting me moving and standing and all that sort of stuff a little bit more. So, um Which is kind of what I wanted it for. I, the I was going to say, what was your kind of motivation
1: aspects? for buying it? Was it a health aspect to it?
0: It was, yeah. I mean, I've got no real health concerns as such it's just you know i I, i'm a web developer it means i sit down at my desk or i'm stood at my desk all day i'm not i don't move around all that much you know and so it takes a bit more effort for me to have to you know go out for a walk or something you know where a lot of people they're moving around more because they get in their car and they're driving or they're commuting or you know they're walking or something and i don't have that i you know my my longest walk you know on a on a wet day is from my house to my uh, at the end of my garden where my office is so it's yeah it was it's a bit of a prompt really but it seems to be working and I'm really enjoying it I'm not a watch person either I haven't worn a watch for about 17 years so um oh wow to uh, to uh to actually have to wear one it was a bit strange but I'm used to it now after a week and I'm really enjoying it so yeah that nice. uh, that is my week really how about
1: yourself yeah I'm all right thank you um I was just trying to think what I've been up to it's kind of been a, 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 a semi-normal week back to uh, now everything's back to school and we're I'm in a in semi-normal routine of work and trying to get a bit mm-hmm. of other stuff done for the side projects in the evenings um, yeah had a had a nice productive evening last night working on plug-in rank which is good which nice. is ticking over nicely a couple of like customers on boarding and you know getting some people using paying for it which has given me more motivation to to carry on building it so i'm trying to add some some features that will be you know that they'll be attractive to people to 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 sign up but also attractive to those people that might have used it and gone oh maybe i could i I'll, I'll find it better if it has this and this so kind of reducing mm. a bit of churn from because it has a seven day trial so people are getting getting a feel for it and then realizing Perhaps it lacks this or that. So no, yeah, all good. Um, mm. Yeah, we are. I guess we, we're kind of doing a different type of chat today because, mm. um, well, you wanted to talk about your new plugin. I wanted to talk about your new plugin and kind of get to the, um, get into it, what it is, what it does, how it works, um, and we thought it'd be quite nice to. I don't know like do it not not a tear down but a kind of like let's dive into the plugin itself the some of the code how you've written it um your approach what um, maybe even look at the marketing site just just to try and I don't know because it's something we do right this is plugin development this is product marketing um and it's a new thing that you've done from scratch so I thought it'd be quite good to dive in and um you know you can tell us all I guess a little bit about about the plugin yeah um, yeah no sure so yeah what is what is it Jack which one is it what what does it do yeah so it's um, the new plugin is
0: called Content Notify I think in a previous podcast I mentioned it was um, User Notifications WP and I changed the name for a couple of reasons um uh, it just wasn't it wasn't interesting enough it was still a bit of a mouthful it would've been nice to do it and it was a bit annoying actually because i actually had to go back and kind of change the domain name and all that sort of stuff as i was on the on the right on the sort of the 11th hour really you know i was about to launch it but yeah i've i changed the name right. it's content notify and it's essentially it's custom user notifications user email notifications um user subscriptions rather uh, and email alerts for wordpress so essentially as a user uh, you want to know about changes to content or new content on a particular website you go on that website and often you'll find a like a mailing list sign-up form saying, oh, you know, get new blog posts delivered to your inbox or something like that. But there's no control around it. There's no filtering involved. Like, you know, you might only want to know about blog posts from a particular category or from a particular author or, you know, maybe you don't want to know about new blog posts, but you want to know about ones that have been updated. Or that when you start thinking about, like, products, like WooCommerce products, like new new products in a particular category or something like that you know you you want to be in control of what notifications what emails what alerts you get um, from a website and that's what content content notify does Um, it you can use any public post type on your site you can add a, a form to the to any page you know it doesn't have to be a specific content type you can add it to a specific like post type or something um and it will do some like auto detection around what what that post type is and set it all up for you but it allows a user to go through and say right this is my name this is my email address i'm looking for uh, to be sent alerts when this content type has been either updated or 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 is new um mm-hmm. Uh, in this category or this custom taxonomy, um, and and or by this author, and then you essentially you're creating a very custom subscription content subscription for yourself, and then once that's done, you have to verify it via your your subscription via you know an email that's sent to you, and once you've done that, it just works in the background. So whenever. Those those things happen on that particular site. You know that exact kind of set of um, things that you've asked for. That exact subscription is met. It will send you a notification, an email. Um, you know, with the details of that in. You know, mm-hmm. um, and at the moment that is usually you know the title and uh, and the the content within an email itself. And then you can unsubscribe from any email as well. So um, you know, just there's a link at the bottom of every email.
1: Um, so yeah, in a nutshell. That is content notify. So it's kind of it flips it on its head in terms of the traditional um, push of uh, like emails from a website where if you'd signed up for their newsletter or you become a customer and they get your email address and then you're kind of at their mercy of what they will send out to you. It could be a new blog post, it could be a news about their features or new products, but you you're you you don't know what they're going to send you. And you kind of can't just say, "Well, I'm only interested in this x like new posts or new products this is the the flip side of that where you're you sign up and pull the information that you want rather than being pushed to so you can only say give me give me emails when new blog posts are created or new products it's that kind of mm-hmm. it's more of a self serve subscription f- for emails really then rather than like just sign up with your one with your email address in one place and and could get anything
0: yeah exactly yeah and you know when people do that on a regular mailing list and there's nothing wrong with existing mail outs and mailing lists or anything like that i'm not trying to redevelop the mailing list i'm just adding this you know extra functionality essentially uh to sort of maybe sit alongside it or you know use it independently of it um Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you, you don't know what list you're on. You don't know if, they're, you know, one day someone's going to come along and say, I want to send our mail out to all these, uh, you know, uh, like MailChimp lists or something like that. And, you know, you didn't necessarily sign up for that. I mean, ideally they should, you know, um, honor that because of like GDPR and all that sort of stuff. But you, there's no necess- you don't necessarily have that level of control over it. But this gives mm. you the control. It gives the, puts the user in control of what they're getting from a particular site. And there's no limit either as to how many you can set up if you wanted to set up, you know, different notifications, different uh, you know, subscriptions and alerts for different types of content on the same site, you can do that. Um so yeah, it just flips on its head. It it kind of it it kind of goes it's the other side essentially to better notifications, my other plugin, because in that plugin, the admin sets up the notifications and then they are sent out to the user or user roles that you specify and it's very straightforward but it's purely on the admin and there is a subscriptions add-on that allows users to opt in and opt out you can set the default opt-in or opt-out status because you know i appreciate not everyone you know has any anything to do with the eu um or you know the gdpr or anything like that you know different countries have different if you're only dealing with your country and you're in a country that isn't bound by the rules of the gdpr or something like that then you know you have your opt-in status might be always opted in, as opposed to GDPR should be opted out by default, and then only the user can opt in when they want to, that kind of thing. So there is this kind of bit that allows a bit of control for the user, but not a way for the user to create exactly what they're looking for. And I tried my best. I really, really thought, and for years this was, uh, you know, to try and think of a way how to get what I wanted to do, uh, that became Content Notify, into, better notifications but i just couldn't think of a way to do it without basically re-engineering the entire thing from scratch mm. and i felt actually i think this would be better on as its own thing i think the water would get really muddied actually and it would be very unclear as to what's going on in bnfw even with a complete like redesign of everything so yeah. i felt the easiest thing to do was actually just to create uh, a new plugin that
1: just dealt with one thing and try and do it a bit more uh, uh, in a bit more of a simple way it looks really good, and I'm looking at your we're both looking at your website at the moment on a screen share but um I think that's the only thing that is a big stroke or well, not the only thing A big stroke for me is when i'm building a plugin I know what the features I want to deliver, like I know what it needs to do um but then it's so hard to try and convey that I think on the marketing site because mm. like if you're if you get somebody coming to your site because they've searched in Google for email, I don't know, email subscriptions, WordPress, and they get to Content Notify, like, I think that's what I'm, maybe it's because I'm I'm not in, um, in the market for a plugin that does this. So I don't, I'm not inside a use case already for it, but that's where I always struggle writing the marketing site. And I think potentially yours is not making it clear when you'd use it or rather than like what it does so yeah you're quite right
0: you're quite right and it's it's on my to-do list it's one of those things that's become more apparent to me as I've been working on it Um, you know almost getting the marketing site out letting it sit for a while Um, and then when I think of things as they sort of come up now that it's out there and my head's not busy with the launch of you know putting it out there kind of thing Um, you know which is a huge job because you've got not only write the plug-in and create the product but then create the site and, and all the stuff yeah exactly so yeah. it's uh it's it's everything so it's it's tricky but yeah now that it's sat with me for a little while it's been out for over a month now um it's given me an opportunity to think about it and I have thought of use cases where it would be good and and even just using it myself in testing it I can see where it would be useful and mm. you know and that's not necessarily something that you're seeing clearly when you're building it, or it certainly wasn't for me when i was building it for the first time i just had this idea that i knew would be useful and had been sort of validated by users of um better notifications so i i, I wanted to build it and you know kind of get it out there and i'd sat on it and thought about it and road mapped it for a, quite a while beforehand so mm. yeah you're absolutely right it doesn't do enough to convey the, the use cases and that's definitely something I, it, it's actually on my roadmap um, which I, I can share
1: with you a bit of in a minute or something yeah um, so you and, can see what, what I'm gonna do and on that obviously you're you, you were saying that like previous customers of BNFW had said like you know can it do this can it do this like what type of um, like what type of a site is it you know is it a, a like it could be a news site like what is the type of use for it, would you say? Yeah, so, well,
0: WooCommerce products is definitely one. So if you want to be alerted of, of new products that come in. So, um, for example, I've been, this year I've been learning about mechanical keyboards because I wanted a mechanical keyboard and I bought mm. one and then I've subsequently bought another one, a completely different one. <laughs> and um, like there, an there is no... Started. It is, it is. Don't ever start, you won't stop. There is no, uh, there is no end game for mechanical keyboards as simple as that um, but uh, you know it's things like there's the very specific when it comes to mechanical keyboards there's very specific products that are out there so do you buy a, an off-the-shelf mechanical keyboard? Do you build your own one? And people do. They buy they buy the case, they buy the PCB for it, um, they buy all the um, switches and the you know all, all the things that you need, the keycaps, um, lighting, everything, solder it all together, you know, get proper cable, everything. They do it all themselves, but it's quite it's a very custom thing. So you might go on a website and you really want to know when a particular, you know, seller of mechanical keyboard parts. Uh, it, p- it puts a new product up, you know, a new type of PCB, you know, maybe it's the one that you've been looking for, and you can subscribe to that kind of content. You know, that content doesn't exist yet, but when new ones are added, you'll be notified of it. So it's quite a nice way to do that rather than letting the store owner put you on a mailing list or you ask to be ma- put on a mailing list and then you get sent details as and when they do, do it if they do it. Um, so it's, it's quite, I think that's quite a nice thing to do. Um, the uh, one of the pe- people that came to me, they ran a um, a, uh, a a a realty site, you know, a um, uh, sales and lettings um, for for houses, and they wanted to um, let people sign up for when new houses were, you know, added mm. to their site, and I think the site was quite large as well. Actually, um, they didn't end up buying it because there was there was an issue about. Um, a lot of their, they were using an off-the-shelf theme and a lot of it was stored in custom fields, which looked quite difficult to kind of extract correctly. It was very, very mm. customy, custom theme sort of a situation. Sorry, off the shelf theme situation. Uh, it didn't look like it was designed necessarily to play well with other plugins and stuff to extract that information. So it was a bit yeah. of a, it didn't happen in the end, which is a bit of a shame. But, um, you know, if people can sign up for new houses in a particular category or in a particular area or whatever it might be, that's a that's another good one there's, there's lots of scenarios where it could be useful and actually I, it's one of those things where I found it really difficult to pinpoint you know other than to give a few examples to even pinpoint the like the best examples because uh, and, and it was the same with bNFw because there are just so many different things mm. you could use it for you know there's no right or wrong way to use these things so I don't like to be yeah. too specific for fear of you know confusing people but at the same time I appreciate if I don't say anything I
1: might yeah. be you know turning people away without knowing. Yeah, and that is a difficulty because of the type of plugins it is. And I was having this conversation with somebody else the other day because, like, BNFW, they're, they're, they're tools, aren't they? They're not, like, they're not a specific plugin to create a shop because, obviously, that is for people who want to sell things. These are tools that you can kind of... Um, you can get different outcomes from the, the way you configure it differently. and And, therefore... That becomes even harder to market because you don't have necessarily a a target customer in mind or a customer type. Um, Mm. And the person I was speaking to this, speaking to somebody about um, my Instagram plugin, the integrates thing, because you could configure it to, to, you could literally just be a simple blog, photo blog site, and it just be posting every image you post on Instagram to your WordPress site, or you could use it for like uh, some sort of restaurant. Um, you know to show marketing and and you could you could create feeds in different ways to do different things and therefore like do Mm -hmm. you target a photo blogger person do you do you target like an agency that might be doing it for different shop clients like it makes it so much harder to actually market it but Mm -hmm. the, the two examples you put there like you definitely need to add stuff like that to the website like um you know not not necessarily real case studies but like this use cases and kind of like, this is, you know, you've got a a letting or, or a, you know, a property website. Um, and this is what y- your users could do. Mm-hmm. And, and actually talking about putting that on the website, there was, I was reading, um, I think it was, it was a blog post about like the best ways to write marketing copy on like a landing page for, you know, to sell your product. Mm-hmm. And there was, there's loads of stuff around it but the biggest thing was like identify what people would have to do if they weren't using your plugin or product like okay so so at the moment if you've got this this example of the property uh property website and they have potential customers wanting to check their um what properties they've got if there's any new properties in the area the the sort of the really really f- most friction way of them doing of those customers doing it at the moment is just to log back in every day like check the website which is mm-hmm. a bit bit crap like you're going to mm-hmm. have to like remember to do it they've got to remember to do it they've got to go and do it they might miss out if they forget one day they might you know or they could set up some really really I don't know to to a to a common user perhaps uh, a bit of an involved process of like an RSS feed and Zapier and email like let the plugin take all of that hassle away and make it frictionless for your customers kind of thing so like you know you, you basically give three three kind of leveled approaches to doing it to solving this problem manually or without your plugin and then say or oh, you could do it this way and then all of it is just to kind of like highlight how actually this just solves it and the customers can sign up they can you know and that kind of a generic approach to marketing page copy or a landing page copy sorry is is seems to actually work and I guess you do see it quite a lot in SaaS products and you know like just simple stuff like Buffer that is a tweet scheduler like you've got to remember to tweet every day or you've got to like actually send your tweets out at the right time or just let Buffer do it like these are the kind of you know mm. Pain points of people that have and what the product solves, so I think yeah, yeah, like that would be awesome to have that on the site and those kind of use cases. Um, mm, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, know, I'm, I would I'm definitely tr- do that. I'm not trying to um, I'm not trying to dictate the best practices and certainly not stuff that I'm doing already. This is this is almost me telling both of us to do it because I need to do it for WP User <laughs> Manager because like again it's a site a plugin that could do lots of things like you could create a community website it could be a membership site it could be like all these things i need to actually distill maybe like three or four use cases and put them on the website and make it clear to people why they could use it and what you know and all these extra other bits so yeah Mm. I'm, i'm kind of trying to highlight to both of us and anybody listening yeah yeah
0: yeah, no, it's good. It's useful. It's good advice, and it, it's it's really good to hear stuff like that because sometimes, again, you know, you're so close to it, you just can't can't see it. So if yeah. it's obvious to you, it'll be obvious to other people. So,
1: yeah, I know what I'll be doing on Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, but it's harder harder said than done, or it's easier said than done to just write that copy. Like I know kind of what I need to write, and then I actually start writing words, and you know, blog posts and stuff are okay. But as soon as I start trying to write marketing copy it's so hard and I just get stuck and then I just end up putting together like really horrendous sentences that aren't good English and or or, you know just overly wordy Um, it's such an art form I hate it I hate trying yeah
0: I can I can't I I make things very very wordy as well and I realize I can strip out most kind of connecting words a lot of the time Um, one of the hardest things I found for writing content actually uh, which was solved by writing the documentation first which I've sort of advocated for a little while now and i would recommend to anyone um is how to describe what it is that you're signing up for because it's not a mailing list you're not signing up to a list you're creating your own subscription to something you know and that was the that was the key thing for me is that when I understood that I'm subscribing to content. I, I am creating my own subscription. It's like, you know, if you were, if you want to get a whole bunch of magazines, you know, you might go on a website and say, I want this magazine and that magazine. And okay, that'll be 30 pounds a month or something like that. For all these mm. three or four magazines or something that you want um you then get them delivered to your door you're creating your own personal subs- magazine subscription and it's kind of a bit like that so i i called them subscriptions and then you get alerted when your subscription is kind of fulfilled so subscriptions and alerts and alert also means that it's not limited to one type of thing so it's not limited to just email it could be kind of anything which mm. is nice for you know thinking down the road as to where it might want to go so yeah when you get an email that's an alert. Of that something's happened on your subscription. When you're subscribing to that type of content, you that is a subscription. So once I worked that bit out, I found that the copy was a lot, a lot easier to write. But it definitely just writing the documentation allowed me to... I, I, you have to explain things to people. You have to explain exactly what this function does or when you tick this box, what will happen and everything. And once I had written the documentation, I found the rest of the site was a lot easier to write because I already knew exactly how I had already explained it and I could just kind of reiterate that on other various sections of the site you know make it a little bit less document like you know a little bit less serious on the other sections of the site but ultimately you know it's it's almost the same content once you've written the documentation that is the bulk of it and I think people get put off because they think oh I got to write all the documentation for this now I really enjoyed it because I know that if I forget something, I can refer back to my own documentation and <laughs> I, I can remind myself. And I'm constantly doing that with back notifications because it's it's yeah. quite a big
1: plugin now, especially with all the add-ons. Mm. Yeah, when your documentation helps you out, that's like, it, it's a sign of at least the documentation's good. Um, the, and the other thing about the copy is like, and, and this is again, such a trap that I fall into every time I write like, a features page or the home page is that i'm so invested as a developer of what i have just put what code i've just put together to create something that it does something that i just end up listing the features of what like it's got it syncs comments from instagram or something like because i just did the comment functionality part of it and it, but actually like i think what I've learned from when I I engaged Alex Denning, you know, from Ellipsis, who had been on the show before, mm-hmm. to to help me rewrite some of the, the content for WP User Managers um, yeah. website, the biggest takeaway from that was like users don't want to know about features; they want to know about what it gives them. Like, so mm-hmm. you you sort of you need to draw them in with the outcome rather than uh, of the outcome of using your plugin rather than like what they could physically do or what it does kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's still something I need to really translate to the Instagram plugin as well, uh, marketing mm-hmm. site, because, you know, like for a good example is, and I think like it is it is hard to do, but the um, there's a section on the WP user manager site that sort of calls out the security aspects of like, we there's an add-on that verifies user emails and has like a moderation section or functionality but like the main mm-hmm. thing is not just like verify users it's secure your membership site for a safer experience like and that's yeah. what kind of converts people because they're like well yes i do want a secure like <laughs> a membership site um, rather than trying to like they have to then grok what user verification means because it means to me i know what it is i know what it does but um, yeah, so it's 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 sort of bridging that gap between writing, writing copy as a developer rather than a marketer, which again, mm-hmm. like as we said before, product launches and product stuff, you have to wear so many hats that you're not necessarily very good at all of them. I'm certainly not good at any of them, apart from maybe mm-hmm. putting some code together. It's tough, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, can you um have you got the have you got like a a website running it as well so I was just looking at your screenshots uh
0: I'd yeah to... so i I've actually I, I it's not it's just an example of um on my screenshots it's an example of what the co- what the uh, form would look like at the bottom of my own website uh, of the content notify website which I'm currently sorting out um the issue that I've got there actually is is completely separate to the plugin but of course i I write in the documentation I write in the shortcode for the form so as soon as you install the plugin on the website it wants to render those shortcodes as actual forms so it's about um, so I was working on this yesterday and I've, I've nearly got it but I haven't got it quite um, it's just essentially uh, disabling the short code, uh, removing the shortcode from the content part of WordPress and then you have to kind of re-add it later on um, so I'm just working through that at the moment um, but otherwise yeah, this is a screenshot essentially of of what it would
1: what it would look like if it was styled. In fact, I go to the documentation. Such a classic developer, just trying to solve that problem when, like, it's because it's a nice problem to solve. But actually, if you'd have just written the square brackets with the HTML entities, like I sent you that right in WordPress code in posts, yeah, you wouldn't need to be doing. I bit, know. I know, I know, I know. I do exactly the same every time I fall into the trap and I go down a rabbit hole. And half a day later, I've fixed a problem that, you know, it, it's not necessarily a problem, but I know what you mean. I'm only joking. Yeah. Really.
0: No, well, I mean, yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, the only issue is that I use a, uh, the code colorer. Uh, plugin to um, highlight sections of you know uh, code within the documentation, and it seems to be quite choosy on how things render. So if you're using, and this is not specific to, to this, I'll get onto it uh, the rest of it in a sec. But um, if you put in you know um, an arrow or something like that, it will want to change it to the HTML entity. So you have to go into code view or text uh-huh. view. In the um, in the site and then change it there, and then it kind of understands. And the thing is, I don't want to um, have to fiddle with you know small details like how I've written a square bracket when I'm writing the documentation. I want the website to be really easy to edit and update. Um, I, I just want to kind of go about that normally and not worry too much about it. So whilst I feel like I'm like you say, possibly over-engineering the issue at the moment, or you know trying to find a pro- trying to over-engineer the problem. Uh, to come to a solution, um, I feel that it's probably in the best interests, kind of as we go um, forward. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I'll see how I get on. I might I might default to that. the The thing that I saw, um, if I couldn't get this to work properly, and I should, but I, yeah, I, I can't seem to get it to work. Um, was to go through the content, and anywhere you see a square bracket, it will replace it. You know, just do a string replace and replace it with the HTML entity instead. So that's another way
1: around it um Mm. but yeah well yeah and and also just just do a filter on your short code straight away don't bother unhooking the short code um callback but just Mm. filter the content and do a string replace on your your one or more short codes that you know that you're going to be writing and replace them with Mm. the html entities around it so it's done on the fly Yeah. yeah 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, many ways. But it's a bit skinner. of a
0: weird one because when you use the um, the content filter to remove the short code, um, you'd think that only applies to the content, you know, um, function. But it doesn't. It seems to apply to the entire page, which is odd because I would have thought it would just apply to, you know, the content function. Um, so it's a bit. It's a bit of a strange one. It doesn't. It doesn't quite. How you go about it doesn't quite make a lot of sense. But um, but anyway, mm. I I digress. Uh, but yes, on the screen at the moment is a, an example of what it would look like. And something I did in the, the latest version of the plugin, because I released, it was basically about a month apart, I think, version 1 and version 1.1, which I released last week, um, was to try and make styling. it try, try getting it so it looks a bit nicer. And I realized, just kind of woke up one day and suddenly realized, hang on, a heck of a lot of themes use... Bootstrap as their underlying, you know, grid system or whatever, um, you know, even if they don't use the uh, the styling, the, the underlying structure t- it tends to be Bootstrap because it's pretty solid, you know. Mm. So I thought, well, I'll just use Bootstrap standard classes. There'll be classes, uh, you know, specific classes to the plugin that you can target to change things if you want. But, you know, there's no harm in doing that. So if you've got Bootstrap on your in your theme, and there's a high probability that you do if you're using an off-the-shelf, you know, WordPress theme. Um, it will look nice straight away which i thought was quite good and if not um i've included a, a a very small subset of um bootstrap css in the um public css um you know style sheet for the plugin to make it look nice and you can disable that in the settings as well if you want
1: nice. to so yeah, yeah you don't want to be too opinionated and but at least give the people the option to enable it disable it and nice yeah exactly yeah yeah so um so, yeah, so there's that so your um that subscription form or the, the form to subscribe to new blog posts would you because you've got it on the site as a as an example mm-hmm. but if if for example we're talking about that property website you know they'd have the page which just shows all the properties would would you just have it in a sidebar or have it hidden in a mode or just would it allow people to put it kind of wherever they want I guess with the short code?
0: Yes, um, to an extent at the moment, it has to refresh the page in order to send off the data. It'd be nice to have it so you can have it in a modal and it will just send it via AJAX, which is very much on my uh, roadmap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for now, it's it works best at like the bottom of a page or in a sidebar or something like that, that You know where you know the page can refresh without any yeah. issue. Um, but yeah, uh, and th- there's some handy features to that. So there's things like um, it's got like post-type auto-detection. So you can either... There's a there's a parameter for the short code so you've got CN form which is co- content notify form and then post types equals and you can either explicitly state uh, the post types that you want to appear in that in that dropdown um, yeah. or you can leave it uh, you know you don't have to include that parameter at all and it would just give you all all um, the post types and you can filter out post types you don't want it to appear there if there are some using a filter um, as well um, if, uh, if it's, you can set it to auto as well, the uh, the parameter to auto, so that it will detect what the post type is on the page, nice. um, and then we'll hide that particular select field, so then you won't see it at all, so it, you know you're subscribing
1: to, you know, only that content changes to that particular post type. Does that work on, like, archive pages? So, say, if you've got, like, a, a products archive page that's just showing t- 10 products in a grid, will that will that determine the post type or does it have to be on a single for it to... Yeah, that's a
0: really good question and it's not a thing I've, I've checked for, actually. Um, it might be a huge oversight on my part, but I've tended to focus on the end style, you know, the end type of content. So, you well, once know, they're on a single post pa- page. Yeah, have- yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but once they're on it, they can choose the category or, you know, whatever taxonomy, custom taxonomy, and it will go off and get, and that uses Ajax, actually. It gets off all the... Uh, taxonomies for that particular post type so um, you know if you've got products you'll have product categories and product tags as well if you've got like say WooCommerce installed and mm-hmm. it will go off to get those um, as well and then you can select which ones you want so um, it, it it will it, it does it allows a lot of um, flexibility but you're right it doesn't do it on a specific uh,
1: specific um, ca- uh, archive or you know yeah um, it's not necessarily archive page it might not even be needed like I guess with stuff like that now you you just have to gauge if you get a couple of people mentioning it and support then it's you know otherwise you could just continue to build and build until you actually get some you know real feedback of if it's if some one person says it's missing can i not do that then then you can at least think to do it but otherwise, yes, that's yeah. true.
0: Although I just need to check it to see if it doesn't completely break the site or something like that. I can't imagine that it will. To be honest yeah. with you, I, I'm fairly certain that the outcome will be you'll put it on there and it will just see it as like a normal kind of page. It won't auto detect anything. It will just, you know, just sit there as a regular form like it would on a any any other type of content page. Um, but I do need to check for it. It would be useful as well because it would be nice to make it as robust as possible so that you can use it absolutely anywhere um so yeah
1: yeah Mm. i'll I'll add it to my list nice yeah looks good um obviously talking shortcodes have you gone into the block uh the block world have you sort of created the block the custom block version of the shortcode yet or are you still native shortcode
0: still native shortcode i wanted for the um for the first version to at least do something that I knew and I know I'd make short codes for it, you know, with relative ease, Um, the block will definitely come. It's on my version two and I don't know how many versions of version one there are going to be yet, but my version two definitely has a block along with other kinds of like, you know, editing like email content and stuff like that using the Gutenberg editor, which I think will be a really fun. If extremely stressful thing to to develop but i think it will give a really good outcome actually. Yeah. um so yeah it's
1: it, it is coming but it's it's not there yet. so um yeah and it's yeah, and but it's, for Noel, just a short code. the thing is it's not easy is it because you can't rely on you can't just use acf blocks because it's a distribute plugin so they might not have acf. so it means like getting stuck into a custom block development w- with react which yeah it's it's not exactly a, a great um, prospect, is it? When you, that's sort of a, a, would be a new learning curve. Like I really struggled with user Manager, adding some blocks, and that was me just basically copying another plugin that did similar. And I ended up having to get yeah. some help on it in the end. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't envy the situation.
0: Yeah, and to be honest with you, I would have thought that. The I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly, but I think most people know what a short code is you know if you've used WordPress before um, yeah. so I think
1: it's, it's a fair bet to use and you can use it in the block editor you can use it in page builders so yeah it's pretty It's it's pretty much like the uh, you know the lowest sort of what it, the common denominator type thing or the, you know the lowest possible part that people can use everywhere if you only did the block if you only did a block you wouldn't be able to service everybody so yeah Exactly. It ain't broke yet. No. No. Nice. So that's the plugin. Uh, Yeah. Setting screen. Actually, that's a good point. You've got a setting screen. How did you go about doing that? Because that was something that I had been thinking about recently and wrote a blog post about different ways to create a setting screen for plugins. Like, do you do the native WordPress stuff or people are using Gutenberg blocks and you know it's
0: yeah i'm using um just native wordpress settings so i've got my code up on the screen so you can see as well um but yeah as far as i know it's just using the i'm not i i i I hate to say this i i really loathe making setting screens and whenever i've ever had to be had to do a setting screen and i mentioned this on the podcast a while ago i use um a page with custom fields, as opposed to creating a proper like, options page and everything like that, which I know I can do in ACF, which is what I tend to use for most things. But um, but yeah, no, I tend to I tend to use the the just you know, I have to use the settings really for a plugin, um, mm. but I really dislike it there is you know basic settings for license key because it's a premium plugin so you have to sort of you know put in your license key uh, that once you've purchased the plugin. So there's that's that but that's all handled via edd anyway and they kind yeah. of give all that to you with sort of very little customization required on your part um but yeah there's uh styling which is just a checkbox uh, essentially and um i'm currently putting in sender details for things so like you know customizing your Email address, your site title, your URL, yeah. um, your logo, and things like that, and um, uh, also company details because you know you are sending emails. Yes, people have subscribed to them, but they have to be um, valid and um, legal. So it does mean things like you know how you you always see them at the bottom of the mail mail out you know the company's details their address the reason that they're sending that email to you that, that has to be included and um, I just haven't got around to doing it in the first version so I'm putting it into version 1.2 which I'm working on at the moment so um, so yeah but they're all just using register setting and nice. uh, a page a settings page with tabs along the top
1: license style sending details that kind of yeah, thing so um, of the native wordpress yeah. stuff. Um, quick yeah, question about definitely. the EDD integration because WP User Manager uses it for its add-ons, but I've got mm. a feeling it's either using an old version of the EDD like software licensing updater class, and I'm not sure the, u- the user experience is very good. And I just wondered what was your experience recently? Like, obviously you've got the field there, license key text box, and you've got a button that activates it, and that obviously sends off a request to EDD to your to your EDD store on uh, the main site. And just says yes this license key is valid or not valid or whatever and sends back a response displays Mm -hmm. it and then saves it i guess um what else does it do anything else like what happens if um because this is what i need to look into how it works for wp user manager but like does the edd sl updater class do anything in terms of checking it over like a period of time like maybe in like say for example they've activated the key but it's got two months left on its license before it expires mm. does um software licensing updater class does it sort of do like a cron every week to see is it still valid and do you know what i mean like is that did you have to uh, integrate anything with that um, i didn't um it's it's an interesting
0: thing i mean i would assume so actually because i've seen that before as far as i can tell and i've got this thing up open at the moment and as far as i know i'm using the latest version of vdd mm. sl plugin updater um uh, that came out you know i just used it when i needed to integrate it which was one of the last things i did uh, for the first version as far as i i know it does it does check because after a while you know you you can't
1: yeah, you can't. Guarantee. You don't get
0: updates for it. So yeah. um, you know, you'd think that as part of the update mechanism, it would do a check. So maybe it it, it checks only when there's an update. Um, but I'd need to look into the the code of it to be honest um, with you. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been th- um, fairly reliant on the fact that you know th- I've used it on BNFW and it's been absolutely fine for that, and that's never let me down. So uh, which might be a bit naive, but you know, it's just
1: it's what I've done. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're right. It does check it when there's an update. But I think what it doesn't do, and maybe that is my misunderstanding of of what like the developer who's integrating its responsibility is, is that like to a user, if they've expired um, and they see an update available because it allows it and shows it and they hit update, it will basically throw them out at the plugin update screen and says authorize. It's failed because it needs authorization, like there's no payment because when it contacts the edd store at that point it will say this license not activated but then they go to the settings yeah. page of the plugin where all the licenses are or the license and it will still say like activated because you, you know we haven't done that extra bit to to deactivate it or show that it's expired so that always yeah. i think that that's some experience i need to improve on but it's not edd's necessary sort of responsibility or fault but it's just a Makes it a bit strange for the customer because they're like, "Well, my license says it's activated," and then when I go to update, it yeah. says <laughs> payment required, or whatever, or authorized, not not authorized. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's no, a
0: bit a... Good, of a yeah. No, no, it's a good point. It is a good point. Um, I would assume that EDD is doing something with just getting a generic error. Um, you know, if if they don't, if it hits your site and it's not authorized, then it's literally chucking back and not authorized. Um, because that that person doesn't have the authorization. To download that update, so I can understand why it's doing that. But I oh, imagine yeah. it's just using WordPress, you know, um, you know, the the default update um, uh, class to understand how how to kind of process that. So it might be that there's some kind of a filter where you know, if there's a particular situation given, you can change the um, wording on
1: that. Um, yeah, but yeah, or, that's or a you good change good point. Your, you can you can sort of like hook into that process that fails and then update your local version where your your local setting that stores the license key and that license status and you can change it to like expired and then when actually they view your settings screen it says this is expired and they have to go and update it it's yeah yeah all this stuff is sort of you think it like you think it comes for free, but it doesn't. And there's so much like extra um, experience and or user experience, but also like to make it easier for people to actually upgrade. Because if they don't actually know when they're using the plugin day to day that they've got an expired license, they're not going to necessarily go and renew it. So from a nope. like from a purely like recurring revenue point of view, you want to make it as clear as and as easy as possible for them to sort it out. Um, and we've had Mm -hmm. to build loads of stuff on the Delicious Mm -hmm. Brains like a WooCommerce customised version but yeah it's a shame even with EDD which is like you know it's got the dedicated um, digital downloads part and it's the dedicated software licensing plugin and it's pretty much made for WordPress plugins yet there Mm -hmm. is still like loads you have to do to make it fully fully rounded and feature rich but,
0: yeah, yeah, I suppose. And that's where play, things like um, Freemius probably come in because they probably do quite a good job of, I know that they let you customize lots of strings and things for, um, as part of all of that, or the update process and the license keys and everything. Yeah. So it could be that they, they can they, but they use kind of a, I mean, I suppose they don't use a different mechanism, but they have a different way of displaying it, I guess. Yeah. Um, when you're going through like the purchasing process of going from a light to a pro plugin and everything, so yeah, I wonder if there are other options out there because they've gotten frustrated with what's currently there and they want to make it a bit more slick.
1: Yeah, I think Freemius is a good example because definitely, like we're using it on the Pressing Matters site. We're using Igor Benich's um, simple sponsorship plugin, which we installed mm-hmm. way back when we had him on the show, but our sort of license that was given to us has expired since. And actually, it shows you that it shows you that in the plugin, it shows you that in the dashboard. Whereas, like for example, my WPS Manager add-ons, when they're expired and they're installed on a customer site with the license activated previously, they don't know from there that it's expired. So, the freemius definitely has that extra layer of um, sort of visibility and user experience. That like currently, I'm I've got an issue open on the on the WP's imagin repo to improve that. But that will mean like building it in building it into EDD or you know, into the plugin to handle it. Which is just a bit of yeah. a pain. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Um no, I'm sure there's no right or wrong way to do it. I'm sure I've seen it done in many, many different ways. Um one of the ones I can think of actually um is the ACE ACE plugins. They do um think it's jerome something or other yeah he does the edd uh e-commerce like google analytics connects google analytics e-commerce to edd which i yeah. use on both both sites and he's got something that says about uh, like underneath the plugin in the plugin listing uh view so um yeah he must be doing something but i'm fairly sure that he's using it. in fact i know actually he's using edd yeah. to sell his oh. plugins on this site, so yeah, maybe he's done something custom there,
1: and I could have a yeah. Look I might dig into that because I've that. got a, I've got license to that as well. It's a, sort of the big, the main plugin to add that custom GA functionality, I guess, to EDD. Yeah, I'll look into that. Yeah, good, good, exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I suppose on the flip side of the user stuff that um, uh, for content notify when when users create notifications, admins can create them as well. You know, you get an admin view. Um, so, uh, here's, a, here's a, a view here, I, I've got on my screen of, you know, you've gone to, there's a, there's a new menu item, subscriptions, when you've installed the plugin, and you can see the subscriptions that have been created, and you get a number of columns, you've got their email address, first name, last name, what they're getting notified about, as in what content type, um, what, what, what kind of status it is, whether it's either published or updated, um, what taxonomies it's in, uh, when they subscribed, date and time. Uh, whether or not they verified their subscription, as in click the link in the email that's sent to them immediately after they subscribe, and then the date that they verified their subscription as well, um, because sometimes it's useful, you know, to I don't know, try and get in touch with someone, or if you're in regular contact with someone, say, oh, I see you subscribed to this, but you know, you haven't actually su- verified your membership yet, or whatever. You can yeah. see kind of the the time difference between sending a subscription, uh, sorry, creating a subscription, then them actually verifying it. And that's, I thought it might be useful as well because it might uh, highlight an issue with like your email being sent out. And of course you want to fix that before subscription uh, alerts are sent to the user. So I thought it might be a useful thing, but yeah, you can go in and edit their details if you want to, you know, just pretty standard kind of WordPress. Uh, metabox um, and then you can choose whether they're uh, verified or not from the wp admin Um, so you you don't have that functionality on the front end obviously because when they're filling out the form they then get sent the email they click the link and then they're verified but in the admin you can click verified straight away so they just get to start receiving that Mm -hmm. uh, thing straight away i was a bit worried about putting some of this functionality in because you think well some admins might completely abuse this um, but there's nothing to stop anyone from abusing any of these things. I mean, MailChimp, for example, you know. You can import CSV, can't you? Can import, money, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't stop you from, you know, doing that or email emails and then chucking them into a, a, a list and then sending out campaigns to it or anything like that. So I'm just kind of replicating functionality that's already there and uh, hoping it's it's fine and just giving, I, I, more than anything, I'm giving admins the ability to actually administrate their user subscriptions.
1: Yeah, nice. Um, from the plugin development point of view, did you did you do it from scratch or did you use like a boilerplate? Um, what about the metabox stuff? Are you using a library or are you just hand coding it using a generator? Um, yeah, it's a good question.
0: So I did use a plug a boilerplate, um, you know, WordPress plugin. Um, Is that
1: the main one? The sort of the Tom McFarlane, now somebody else I think, Devin.
0: I think think it was yeah it was the it was the one that came up and it had like you know the most stars on github kind of thing and I looked at it and I thought oh this is the one I recognize from looking at other people's plugins if I've ever had to dive into their code yeah. so I thought well this seems to be a good place to start so I did that and then I just kind of went through and understood what all the files were and how they were kind of constructed in the folders and how they linked together and you know the functions that it kind of came with you know it, things like activating buttons on deactivation you know every everything really and then I there was some stuff I didn't need out of the box so I thought I'd strip that out just to kind of simplify everything um and then kind of yeah get to grips with everything and it and it was good actually because it helps you to really structure your your plugin so whilst like you know in custom theme development land um where I live most of the time uh you know you can put anything and everything if you want to in functions.php and you might group similar functions you know these are all my functions for I don't know posts these are all my functions for you know the footer or something like that I'll put them all together Uh, and you might break them down into um, you know uh, kind of partials and put them in or something like that but uh, most of the time I think there isn't a wonderful amount of structure going on in themes you know even Purchase themes. I think they do it, they have like a folder called templates, but then that's where all the templates are dumped, you know. But mm. then the functionality is still in functions.php or something. But uh, plugin development seems to be a bit more structured. Um, so it was things like, you know, having your admin in the right admin.php file, having your public facing stuff in the public.php file, that kind of thing. And that was really useful to help to understand you know okay this file is quite small because there's not a lot of code in it because it's the uh, admin side and the admin side is quite simple compared to say the public side which has got a lot of stuff going on you know for the form and you know validation all that sort of stuff so it was it was interesting how it was all laid out and that was new to me you know uh, laying out a, a plugin um, you know in, in that kind of way so that, that was quite nice, really. And then, you know, bundling together like, you know, the JS for the admin goes in the admin folder, the JS for the public, you know, side of things goes in the public folder, that kind of thing. It's just a different way of looking at the structure of it all and i quite enjoyed it actually and it it, it it makes you think when you're writing something you think is this a public function or is this an admin function or is this like a helper function or an include or something like that you need to put somewhere else mm-hmm. and um, i haven't got it 100% right but um, and there's some, some reshuffling i want to do you know functions that were only in the admin are now on public as well so you want to put that in the utilities that kind of thing so it was uh it's been good it's been interesting nice Uh, I'm also using I I cut my teeth using uh, on Gulp and NPM and Composer and everything like properly in this as well and getting to grips with how all that works because I want it to be a bit more um, I may have mentioned this in the podcast in the last episode or so I can't remember but yeah just trying to make it as not reliant on other things as possible, like uh, other programs or anything like that. So, you know, you can do, um, you know, Composer and Gulp really easily because it's all kind of in there. So if I needed to, oh, well, I was supposed to send use it him. to someone else or something. Yeah. What um, yeah. Composer packages are you using? I am using uh, Bootstrap and Select 2 at the moment. That's it. Um, nice. Yeah, Bootstrap, obviously, for all the underlying stuff and Select 2 for the... Uh, selecting the terms within a taxonomy um that, and that's all generated using uh Ajax. So uh yeah and then for gulp, if anyone's interested, I'm using Gulp, obviously gulp SAS, um because I write my CSS using SAS. Uh Dell, which is what is Dell? I'm still getting to grips with it all, but Dell is I think for deleting it probably clean yeah, deleting out, yeah. the yeah, it does. Yeah, cleans up the CSS and regenerates it, and then gulp wp pot as well, which is uh, for regenerating the translation .dot pot file yeah. um, when I run the gulp task, which is quite useful to do on occasion, um, and not I, something I do regularly enough in BNFW. Actually, it's probably
1: out of date by a version or two before I get around to it again. Yeah. So, so yeah. Nice. Um. At one point, I think this was on the my other plugin. I was using the pot. Um, a task it was grunt at the time but also a, a task that basically um, when you were writing your, your PHP code and if you're doing like a, um, a string that you translate that you'd localised so it was underscore underscore open brackets quote the string and then you'd put in the text domain like mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of well I think at the time I was found finding that just annoying to have to write the text domain every time um, and remember to update it if, like, I was maybe copying code from another add-on or something that had a different text domain. So there is actually mm-hmm. a grunt or gulp package to to basically kind of write that text domain, inject it into any string that is using like the localized functions. So you can just write nice. your you can localize it, but leave out the text domain second argument, and then depending on like if you have a grunt task to build and create a copy of your plugin code that gets zipped up, it will then run that um, sort of injecting the text domain into any PHP file at build into mm. the build folder. So you kind of, it makes writing your code easier because you don't have to worry about putting the text domain in, getting the right text domain, or if you ever change the text domain, it just does it in one kind of place. But I think that's a yeah. bit over, overkill in a way. The pot file generation is quite, it's nice because obviously then you're not using like PoEdit or some other, to do it and it's done for you automatically, so you'd have to remember.
0: Yeah, that's actually what prompts it for me because there was seem to be about two Mac apps that did, um, you know, pop uh, file editing, Po editing. You know, uh, I think there is PoEdit and uh, I can't remember where else I use on here. Where is it? Oh, it's PoEdit. Um, but uh, it was just, it just felt easier this way, and I have gone to lengths to make sure that all. Uh, you know strings are translatable I want it to be as uh, friendly as possible Um, you know in terms of being able to translate it to wherever you want it's not a big translation uh, you know translate file but it's um, you know I hope it helps somebody I've gone to some effort
1: (laughs) I think that's the thing as well because it's different to when you're doing this is a premium only plugin which I think we've mentioned apart from maybe on on another episode so there's no free version Mm -hmm. on wordpress.org for this whereas those plugins that are on .org you don't even need to create the POT file anymore for you know as long as you've got the right. localized strings with the text domain and the text domain is correctly um, defined in your plugin main plugin PHP header file or the, the fi- header of the file then like the GlotPress installation on WordPress.org creates the POT file allows people to translate strings into all the different languages and manages that for you which is kind of pretty nice you get that for free and you can get Potentially wider, uh, wider trans, more translations because other people are just translating stuff on .org to be translators rather than they're your plugin users. But yeah, oh, nice! You have, you is
0: that when people claim you know the a particular translation for a particular
1: plugin? Well, I think you can get like say if you have a plugin, a user of your plugin that is a French speaker, for example, and if they are on, if they have a .org profile and submit the tr- strings for translation, they can like join the French wp.org translation team and then right. become, yeah. they can then become uh, authorizers to approve translations. Cause like plugin, plug-in mm-hmm. authors can't do that, which is correct. It seems odd because back in the day, if someone sent you a, a .mo file for your, for your pot, you would just go, oh yeah, that looks like the Polish translation, sure. Cause you don't, you know, you, you just include it. But you can't approve translated strings for your own plugin. You have to get like a, a language um, approver from the specific language team to do it. So there's it's right. a bit more of a um, a restriction to it and makes it perhaps harder to get it. But then you're more likely to get translations. But anyway, I get the, the point was for premium plugins, we have to do it again and you have to... You have to manage that process but not that it happens that often i guess but yeah
0: no no quite um oh it's interesting to know about dog though i didn't know that i'll have to
1: um i'll stop producing it <laughs> it'd be easier yeah by the sounds I, of it i um, think it's not any, any it. of the language folder just gets ignored and if if you've got like 90 percent of the strings translated in the stable version and those strings are approved then wordpress.org will automatically um, send the language pack with your plugin when someone like installs it or updates it on a French install of WordPress, for example. So yeah, mm. it's it's not like it's a bit of a weird one as well because it's not like um, if you if you'd had if you have here somebody gives you a a, a translation file for French that's I don't know thirty percent of the strings are translated. A it's better than nothing, but you would include it, and they would get those translated strings. With the free plugins on .org, the language pack for the plugin will only be distributed if there's ninety percent or more translated, which is quite high and quite hard to to actually make that happen. So yeah, yeah that's right. gotcha. A bit of an aside.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. It's good to know. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think there's anything else to to say specifically on like the you know the functionality side of the plugin itself because. It's pretty straightforward in what it does, um, at, especially at the moment, you know, with being a first version and whatnot and just kind of mm. adding to it. Um, and it will get better as it goes, uh, hopefully. Um, and the, the website is pretty, other than, you know, the point that you've sort of raised earlier, is, is fairly feature complete, I think. You know, you can yeah. do everything you need to do on it, um, you know, as a refund policy, it has you know... Um, uh, FAQs, screenshots, full documentation. You know, you can do everything via your account. Uh, it's got everything you kind of need to get to get cracking. Really, um, yeah. It was if you were interested, it was built using a Bootstrap theme. Um, I didn't design it myself. I would have loved to, have, but it would have taken me six months. So I thought it'd be easier just to not do that. And actually, I'm really pleased with the outcome of it. And I can, it's something I can iterate on. But um, yeah, and that that forced me to sort of. Uh, Go through the process of converting a bootstrap, you know, HTML CSS kind of or boot, um, HTML SASS JS situation into a WordPress theme. So that took a while. That took the longest time actually. Writing the website putting it all together didn't take any time at all. But actually, mm. you know, constructing it as a theme took a while. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. Otherwise, it's. Uh, that's that I am doing blog posts as well it's worth noting for for every release so I've done uh, the announcement of when it was released uh, and I wrote one the other day for uh, version 1.1 which came out on the 22nd so it's three days ago Uh, no not three days ago it came out about a week ago but I only wrote this this week Um, and it's good it just it helps to explain a bit more about you know the things that I've done uh, on it it can be and the thing I like about it is, is that you're not restricted. You know, it's it's free-form writing, so you're not restricted on. You know, uh, it has to be clear and straightforward and simple, and not too wordy for the documentation. It has to be not marketing-focused or anything like that. It's it's me explaining things a bit better. You know, so things like um, styling I've got here about you know using um, Bootstrap styling instead. There's a new author field. This is how you use it. You know, and it just talks about it. You know, yeah. more more. Uh, you know, a, a bit easier than, you know, you would find in the documentation or something and it allows you to talk about the little intricacies of stuff. You know, did you find it difficult? Did you not? You know, I've put a little note uh, at the bottom about using Gulp and NPM and Composer, which, you know, if you are a developer, you might find that interesting to, to read or or mm. not, you know. Um, so it's quite nice. And at the, pe- at the top, and it's something I decided I was going to do instead of putting a random picture or trying to think of some illustration to put for every release because, you know, it's a digital product, it doesn't have any uh, physical or, you know, particularly nice visuals, you know, it's very, it's quite a utilitarian thing, ultimately. It's just what it does for you that makes it nice, I guess. Uh, I decided to put a picture that I'd taken recently, a photo in some way. So there's a picture of um, Royal Victoria Park in the sunshine a couple of months ago, which is the park near where I live. And um, it looks nice. So I thought I'd include a little bit of personality to the blog posts um, as well. So, yeah. But nice. it's it's actually come up. Um, it, I noticed it came up on the uh, post at Slack recently that, you know, do do you write, you know, release blog posts? Um, do you, yeah. wh- what do you say? That kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, I do, actually. I write the documentation first and then I do that. And I've really enjoyed doing that. It's something I don't do for BNFW, um i don't know if that will change but um, i am doing it for this and i'm really enjoying it
1: yeah it's another part of the release process isn't it that needs to be done documentation everything it was uh, yeah Mm -hmm. it was friend of the show james kemp was asking that if 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 people did that in in the post data slack channel i think that's right james yeah and we definitely do it for delicious brains it's a big part of the the process the release process and it's something that is You know, like quite a nice thing to then package up and send to the email subscribers to say, "Look, this is what's happening," and it does catch people who have either been either been thinking about buying the product or have potentially had the license expired, and the new features make them think, "Well, do you know what? This is now this is now where I want to be, and I want to use it." So it kind of you do. We do see a bump in sales because of it. So it's worth doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Talking about the marketing side of it, and I'm gonna this is real talk now, Jack, and I try not to be too hard but just, <laughs> okay. just just thing to to pick up on again is that this is a premium only plugin so you do not have the wordpress.org marketing channel at your disposal mm-hmm. right so yeah. and and this is this is where like it could be a case of build it and they're not going to come like what is the plan for marketing and getting people to buy it and find find it and then realize they want it and then buy it like do you know what i mean i'm Sounding like yeah, a pain, but <laughs>
0: no, real talk. no, not at all. Um, yeah, yeah, real talk. Yeah, no, it's serious. Um, no, uh, to be honest with you, I've put quite a lot of effort into the SEO aspect of like the sites. When I was putting together the theme, I made sure it was good, um, and I've been trying to make sure that that has. Uh, you know, I'm looking at keywords and things like that, so I come up naturally in Google that kind of thing, and I'm keeping an eye on that. It's a, it's a very new site, so it's I,
1: I'm acutely aware of it not doing immediately very well. Have you but submitted it's, it to Google Search Console. I'm... Have you done? Yeah, yeah, no, site map. Yeah, all done that. The, yeah. the 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 issue that I am f- gonna have with it, oh, my own issue with it is that you because it's like email, it's subscriptions, it's notifications like these keywords when it comes to people searching for them their search intent is perhaps not matched with this like mm-hmm. what is your what is your ideal search term that people should be or would be using to then get this because if you type in email subscribe email subscriptions wordpress or wordpress email subscriptions a you're not going to get this at t- yet but also you're not going to probably get it because there's a wealth of stuff that are just like The Mailchimp plugins or the plugins to go to 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 connect WordPress out to email subscription services. So, like, do you know what I mean? Like, that intent is different. Your plugin solves a different problem. Yeah. And then conveying that to Google to get traffic, I've like my 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 head is thinking that that's going to be hard.
0: Yeah. No. Quite right. So there's a couple of things on that. Firstly, is that I have considered. Actually, I'll, I'll just uh, tap the website perspective first and then think about the other things that I'm doing. So yeah, so um, SEO is quite big uh, for me to try and get get right. I want to be happy that I'm at least appearing somewhere for the keywords that I actually want to appear. If I'm not appearing at all, like I'm not, you know, I think any website most websites are going to appear somewhere whether it's on page 2000 or on page yeah, yeah. two you know but um, if I'm not appearing anywhere near where I want to appear then that's obviously a sign to me that my keywords aren't right and I'm not what I'm doing and targeting isn't right um, I'm not a huge SEO person like in terms of w- what I do I don't sell SEO services and um, all the sites that I built are just inherently... SEO friendly so I'm not going to uh, pretend to be any kind of an expert on it but I do know roughly what works and what doesn't work and that's what I'm trying to kind of at least get this website to a standard where I'm saying okay I'm actually happy with the organic SEO that it has so that's kind of my first thing that I really really want to do. Um, The second thing is is that obviously I've got quite a large kind of user base with uh, BNFW which is useful and there's things that I can do um, to help cross promote this from bnfw it, even using the wp.org readme you know saying mm. I, I have another you know so you you can use that as a channel anyway um and you know follow uh, followers on twitter the people that i know that use it i know a lot of them follow uh, me personally on twitter as well um you know this there is the the the, the, go, making sure you're on top of Google is not necessarily my only and main priority for making sure that this is found you know at the moment anyway. yeah um, move, moving on from there, I have been thinking about doing a free version of it. Um, again, it's one of those things where you, you I couldn't see that when I was building it, but now that I fleshed out some of those features, I say, well, actually you know there is an opportunity for a, a light version here because you can say okay it doesn't support any other post types it just supports posts and pages or even just posts you know you can you can limit it down and that's not something that was clear to me when i was building it but it is clear now i'm a little bit further down the road and i understand more of what it is that i've actually made yeah so um that is something i'm thinking about i'm not saying i'm going to do it you know i'm just saying that there is an option to do that and it might be a fantastic marketing um you know opportunity it's just i'm not it depends whether it's worth my time and to work out the the uh, the whole. Okay, how do I strip out everything yeah. from the plugin that isn't just these yeah. core features and things like that? So it really is a, it's a it's a cost you know benefit kind of um, set of scales there that I need to yeah. you know think about some more but I have fleshed out a, a rough idea for it I say fleshed out I've written down a rough idea for what a light version could look like if I went to emphasize dot oh. org that, but for now I've certainly got the uh, the back of BNFW to work off of which well, is useful
1: yeah I think I'm glad you, you the light the wordpress.org thing is, is a um, you've got it as a potential thing because I think that would be good and I think you you've picked up on a good point there in terms of the way you've done it because I was talking about this the other day as well and tweeting about it that like you don't want to build a plugin, put it on WordPress.org and realize you've given away too much in that that free version and then try and either like take stuff out and add it like you have doing it the way you've done it where you've built it all premium first and then you can kind of like go, well, actually now I know the shape of it. It's much easier to just to carve that bit off, make a light version and put that on and then get the benefit rather than going the other way so yeah nice mm-hmm. um, yeah I I think I, obviously BNFW is your, your main thing anyway and that's again that's the focus but I think having the fr- the freemium side of it would be good because you like from the search stuff and the the, the keywords are quite hard to target or to, hard to rank for like if you had a cache plugin like you know, you know that somebody would be searching for a wordpress caching plugin or cache um whereas this is sort of harder so going premium only makes it still harder because of the niche that it's in or because it is so niche mm-hmm. so yeah I, and the other thing to think about i guess is content marketing not necessarily for like the the short short form keywords of like email notifications wordpress or email subscriptions but like really targeting to write a blog post on for the sort of the long tail stuff of like how to allow users to get email notifications when a new post is created like really really specific uh tops uh, tops topics that will then rank in Google for those things and then, you know, show users how they might do it. Again, this is that marketing thing of, like, what's the um, what's the manual way that they can do it right now? What's the... I think we talked about it with James Kemp. He'd, he'd been sort of following that um, that guideline for his content. And then this is the way you can do it very easily with this plugin. Um, and mm-hmm. I think because you've got such a neat... It, it's such a niche, um product within like a very wide search and your search intent is quite niche or you'd want it to be that doing concentrating on those really um specific keywords would help but then like yeah it's it's easy to say do this do that do that when you're one person like and this is you know you have a list of stuff and you can only prioritize and only do like one thing in front of the next um but yeah man it it looks really good i'm it's good, been great seeing you go from like talking about it either on the podcast or privately saying I've started building something and I'm getting really into the plugin development and now you know you've gone through that you've launched it done the marketing site and you, you're there And now you can sort of iterate on the product and iterate on the marketing like it's it's good to see that journey now where it's at today it's nice
0: yeah no thanks I've really I've really enjoyed it it's it, I think um, it, from from the perspective of um i haven't seen a huge decrease in the amount of work that i've had to do um from existing clients i would say that over the course of this year i've probably seen a little bit um less work come in from new clients but it's given me an opportunity to focus on doing something different and this is something that's been on my mind for ages and as i've had slightly more slightly more time in a way you know all around um it's it, it just get, it just allowed me to kind of start thinking about it more and start working on it and I have really enjoyed the process and I and I love sitting down to you know do a bit on it I try and do a little bit on it every day sometimes it doesn't work out. I haven't done anything on it today for example yeah. but um, it was I've really really enjoyed it and it's given me a project and something to take my mind off of some of the stuff that's going on in the world right now um, or in just in this country even you know and um, I, I've I've welcomed that. Um, with open arms and put put my efforts into this, and um, I'd like to see it do well. But you know, if, if it, it's one of those things where I didn't leave my job to do this, you know, I didn't I didn't um, stop developing BNFW to to do this. If if these these things, you know, like you say, the marketing things, if sales are slow to begin with, you know, or whatever, um, these things don't take off. You know, I I don't I'm not all that worried about it at the moment, and that might be a a really daft thing to say I don't know but for me it's just been a really great way of being able to put my energies into something and uh, it's been a very welcome distraction and stuff and I have had sales by the way I, I've, um, I'm i not going to go too much into detail about that I'd like to write a post maybe at the end of this year or maybe at the end of next year once it's sort of you know done a bit more maybe a bit of a transparency report that'd be nice um, but I have had sales um, for it, and um, so far the uh, the you know the the feedback I've gotten, the reaction I've gotten from those people has been brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm just I'm really I'm really pleased it's out there. I'm really pleased I've I've done it, and I'm really enjoying working on it. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I, I appreciate. It. I'm sort of saying some stuff that like if it that's perhaps more relevant. If it was you just quit your job. This is your plug-in. This is what's going to pay the mortgage. Like some of these things that I picked up on, or like the marketing advice and stuff, is it is more relevant if that was your sole thing. But obviously, as you said, this is like a, it's been a distraction. It's so it's a proper side-side project because you you've got BNFW as your main thing and client work as well. So there's only yeah, there's, and there's only so many hours in the day. But it's quite nice to pick up on these points that like you a you could work in on in the future but b might be relevant to listeners who've got plugins or products and stuff that they are thinking about building or or they're in the middle of and you know things that they might want to do for marketing as well um so yeah Mm. yeah i've actually really enjoyed today's conversation it's been quite nice to sort of go through the plugin and from from the point of the marketing site to, to to it actually being used and the plugin code itself, and just go off on little mini tangents about the product product development at, at the same time. It's been a it's been a good chat. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I had to say I was I was a little bit nervous about this because I was
0: like, how uh, I just you know I oh I'm so exposed right now. But um, <laughs> you know, actually, I've really enjoyed it. It's been good. It's been very useful for me. It's a it's a healthy thing. It's a good
1: thing. Yeah. Well, also a, a real hard code review of your plugin would not be wouldn't make a very good podcast. So, yeah, because there's probably loads of things that I'd I'd I would say if I was doing a code review, but it is more. It's like let's do a product review instead. I think that's worked worked in well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely
0: yeah no it's been good fun it's been good i've uh, i've really enjoyed it it's a bit of a longer one for us so i hope uh, people yeah. stay to the end but um yeah if you want to check out the plugin by the way it's contentnotify.com uh at content notify on twitter and um you know you can reach out to me or indeed Ian, via the fm um or uh you know on our various twitters and things so yes,
1: yeah indeed. if you want to check it out if you've got any questions for me please let me know awesome Well, it's great to chat to you, Jack. And, yeah, as ever, if you do have a review for us, that would be really great. It's pressingmatters.fm forward slash review. And we will catch you next time. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Speak soon.